0: He's involved in a number of businesses.
1: He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
2: This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here at the 5 o'clock show. Our number one show in the city, in the country, and on the East Coast at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a, a TriCast. We're broadcasting on of WABC radio uh, 770 on your dial And we, WLIR We're streaming them And 970 AM The Answer And in the studio here today We have one common sense Democrat Judge Richard Weinberg Two common sense Democrats And Gee. Governor, and governor Governor David Patterson, and only one common sense Republican. I'm outnumbered. And we have <laughs> Ed, <laughs> and, and a Kotz, governor too. <laughs> uh, judging the governor. You're in between. And uh, Lydia Serrano is back. And I'm a Lydia, tell us about today. You independent. Have
3: any I got common sense and I'm an independent because uh, that's just how I roll. I'm, uh, you, as a journalist, you want to be an independent registered. So that's how I am. But we've got a great show. And we got a rumor that we're going to dispel with Governor Patterson momentarily. We also have some breaking news coming up with General David Petraeus. We'll also be speaking with Tom Harris of the Times Square Alliance. Charlie Gasparino to talk about Elon Musk and what that means for democracy, free speech. But on the line with us right now, Pulitzer Prize winning writer, columnist for The New York Post, his latest column after latest bloodbath. Time is running out for Hochul and Adams to save New York City. None other than Michael Goodwin. Hi, Michael. How are you?
4: Uh, good evening, Lydia. Thank you to all.
3: So tell us about your latest uh, column. It, it's not looking good for New York City, the Brooklyn subway attack. We're seeing all of the shootings. I mean, I don't know how much more New Yorkers can take. They're fleeing in mass.
4: Well, you're right. Uh, the And I think the uh, I would put the, the problem in two categories. Uh, the uh subway incident is horrific and it's a, it's the stuff of nightmares for every New Yorker trapped in a subway with a madman with a gun and smoke canisters and who knows what else uh, and you're trapped the cars are moving the cars are locked i mean i years ago i went back and forth with peter calico when he was head of the mta uh, about these locked doors and this one the 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 r46 cars they're called They, they they don't buy them anymore but they're somewhat longer than the normal car and so the reason they keep them locked at the ends is because anybody passing between while they're, between cars while the train was making a turn, there's a gap that opens uh, larger than normally. And so you would be in danger of falling. Uh, and it was also an issue with kids climbing on top of the cars, and they call it surfing. And uh, they were trying to stop that by keeping the doors locked. But... You know, during the terror era, uh, when we all feared another big terror attack, that was that was a, a frightening scenario to be trapped. And here we are; this is now le- legally a terrorist case, and people were trapped in the car. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff of, of nightmares for everybody. You can always, we can all imagine ourselves being there, someone we loved, and what would what would go through your mind? I mean, just thinking about that is is scary. Um, so that that is one kind of situation. The other is that day by day by day, these shootings, 12, 14, 15 shootings every day. I mean, it's a remarkable scene that's going on out there with so much gunfire. And, of course, that doesn't get to the... You know, the smaller crimes, the the car, not not as small to those who are the victims, but car theft, robberies, uh, you know, and then the quality of life. So uh, there are the most serious and frightening. And then there's this daily drip, drip, drip of violence and, and, and theft that I think is just out of control. And the governor and the mayor, I think, have all been saying the right things, but they haven't clearly done enough yet. I mean, as I say in the piece, to me, enough will be when the cops know that the politicians have their backs and the perps know that the politicians have the backs of the cops. Then the cops can do their jobs, which we know they know how to do. Uh, and, the, and, and the political and the criminal class will, will get the message that this is serious and you're, there are going to be consequences, and then their behavior will change. I mean, but we're a long way from that because there's just so many doubts now about the politicians. The cops don't trust them by and large. The cops don't believe the Pauls will have their backs, and the, and the perps know they can get away with it all. And if they get arrested, the judges will be forced to release them. So I just think there's a lot of. Work that needs to be done in convincing every step of the process that this time is different, and that ha- we haven't arrived there yet.
1: Well, at, at Cox here, well, it should be different. Uh, Mayor Adams was elected primarily on the safety theme, so and he's been pushing it hard. So why doesn't that give more confidence? In, uh in the people in what's what's going on in the direction it's going to be going.
3: And Michael Goodwin, I want you to take a listen to hear what Mayor Adams said uh, last night regarding BLM. And he couldn't be more right. And I think he needs lawmakers to back him up. Take a listen.
0: Why are 16, 17 and 18 year olds out in our streets armed with guns, 12, one o'clock at night? When are we going to start asking these serious questions? If Black Lives Matters, then the thousands of people I saw on the street when Floyd was murdered should be on the street right now stating that the lives of these black children that are dying every night matters. We can't be hypocrites.
1: Wow. Yeah.
4: Yeah, No, he's... uh he's he's on to something there that's obviously the right position that you know who's being killed it's it, it's black and and brown New yorkers that's who are the victims and that's who are primarily the perpetrators uh, but as he says, where are the demonstrations where where are where are those people who you know wanted to defund the police and everything? why aren't they out there protesting these murders uh so he's uh, to, to, your, to your question, Ed, I think that it's going to take time. It's going to take some time for these measures to take hold, the anti-gun units, for example, for, for the judge, for the whole bail system to be clearly fixed and where people believe, and the cops believe that somebody they arrest is not going to be back out on the street while they're still filling out paperwork. Uh, I just think there are steps in this process that are not convinced about this mayor and this governor. I, I believe they're doing the right things, but they have not yet done the things that will change this culture that has developed over the last three years.
5: Mike, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Let me point out to you the so-called changes to the bail reform law and the uh, the adult prosecution age and other discovery issues. They really weren't touched In this budget, that's number one. They just did a little bit of window dressing to try to politically to cover it up. That's number one. Number two, they're already pushing on a state bill in the state legislature to uh, abolish the qualified immunity protection for police officers. The same kind of idiocy that the New York City Council passed. They now want to do this statewide. So the messaging there is they still haven't gotten the truth out, which is that we're under siege There's a lawless community out there, and we have to do something to protect civilization.
3: And Michael Goodwin, except for the New York Post and you have Fox News and, of course, WABC, no one else is sounding the alarm for what is really going on. Could you imagine if Frank James, a subway alleged, excuse me, subway shooter, had been a Trump supporter? Could you imagine that? They'd be talking about it nonstop. Nobody's even talking about the fact that he was racist. Nobody's talking about the fact that he was a black nationalist—that he was a BLM supporter, a supporter of the Black Liberation Association, or whatever the heck is going on—until we face the truth of what is really going on, we can't solve the problem, right, Michael Goodwin?
4: I agree with you that uh, that there's there's ducking and dodging everywhere about what what this issue involves. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've always uh, felt was a very important part of it was, of course, uh, out of wedlock births. Uh, you know you've got roughly 70 uh, percent of black uh, babies being born out of wedlock you've got overall in the city and the state now I believe in the state it's something like 45 percent of total babies are born out of wedlock I mean so you just have these basically these households that do not function as a nuclear family I mean if the chances of, of a couple staying together uh, once they've had a child without being married are slim. I mean, it does happen, and look, I don't mean to diminish the single mothers who are heroes in many, many cases. Uh, but the but the statistics don't lie that being raised without you know in, being raised in a single parent household uh, is something of a disability. When it comes to school, when it comes to behavior, I mean, Tony Dungy, the uh, former football coach and now a broadcaster, has talked about this issue a lot. And he got in hot water just this week for raising it again, about the need for a two-parent family to effectively and successfully raise children. Senator Moynihan, uh,
5: when he wrote the the book Beyond the Melting Pot, talked about that issue, and he was declared to be a racist because he raised that issue.
4: Yeah. Benign neglect. Right. Yeah. And benign
5: neglect. He did the same thing
0: and yeah. got the same criticism.
4: Yeah. Look, I mean, these are difficult issues. I mean, Michael Bloomberg, near the end of his tenure, briefly ran a series of subway ads about encouraging people not to get get pregnant before they get married, before they finish school themselves. It was really about teen pregnancy and the odds of what happened. He took a lot of heat at Robert Doerr, who was then the the Stephen Banks of his day, uh, although a successful one, Dorr was, uh, pressed Bloomberg to do this, and he finally got it done. And I once asked Bloomberg about it. He said, you know, nobody can touch that. Um, I mean, Michael, that's, uh, this that's David, the way society feels about that topic. This
0: this David Patterson. Is is that the Robert Dore who was once the school board uh, chancellor in the city years ago?
4: No, no, this is... Uh, he, he now runs a think tank in Washington, maybe American Enterprise or, uh, or one of those. Yeah,
1: it's, no. it's, it's AEI, and he's the son of John Dor. interestingly, and yes. really very good on the welfare and other issues. Yes.
3: Well, the concern, too, is like instead of us focusing on making sure the kids have after-school programs, that the kids come to school, there's a 40 percent absenteeism rate here in New York City alone. Kids, and, no, and there's no repercussions for it. Me, I went to Catholic school. If I rolled up my skirt, I got a day of detention. And that's the problem, too. It's, and, and to your point, Judge Weinberg, didn't you say that the whole welfare system is de-incentivizing success? That's exactly right,
5: because they, they want to get their own welfare check generation after generation after generation. So the whole system is geared to uh, destroying uh, black middle class.
3: Now, there is and, and,
4: and you will see some uh, black conservative thinkers and writers um, who, who will have written about that that the idea that uh, that the welfare system replaced the black father uh, is, is a is a well-regarded idea among a lot of conservatives that it disincentivized marriage because you you lost the benefit in many cases, or it was reduced if there were two men in the house. So you could have a relationship, but you couldn't live together and you couldn't be married. I mean, that's effectively what welfare required for you to get the full benefit. Uh, So those those sorts of social policies and, and Michael Bloomberg's line that nobody can touch this subject, Uh, I mean, I think that's sort of where we are. And, uh, you know, David, you mentioned Moynihan. I mean, you think how long ago that was, and yet the problem has only gotten worse. And I think one of the things he said in relation to that was the future is spoken for meaning that we know these children are going to have a difficult time integrating into society. It's going to be harder for them, and many of them won't be able to do it, and then they'll turn to, this, to the dark side, to drugs, to crime. There will be dropouts. I mean, it was predicted, now,
2: and, and then, here we are. That's We why, haven't been able to fix it. Michael, that's why I've worked for Powell for the last uh, 38 years, uh, helping the kids of the inner city. And I've said it uh, publicly. I said, we got to help the kids of the inner city, our kids, our American citizens, our blacks, our browns, before we worry about the people of South America or the people of Africa. You know, we could worry about them too, but let's take care of of our kids first, our, our kids in, uh, uh, in, in Bedford-Stuyvesant. Uh, Governor Patterson, what say you? Well, I think right
0: now the real problems in the city relate more to sentencing guidelines and people who – every time somebody does something, you – well, he had six prior arrests. Some people had 42 prior arrests. Right. And I think that the sentencing is the real major uh, issue. The political ideas of people who shoot up the subway, whether they were with Trump or with Black Lives Matter, don't make a difference to me. Because the real problem is that there's psychopathic
1: killers and need to be taken off the streets. Now, Michael, there is a ray of hope on this. The new chancellor of the school system, David Banks, 20 years ago, started a thing called Eagle Academies only for black high school guys to deal specifically with this problem. And And he has proved to be successful with it. And he is now running the whole school system. And it's a good appointment, and maybe that's uh, some hope for the future. It takes a long time to turn around a school system with a million kids. On the other hand, I couldn't think of anyone better to deal with this problem than David Banks.
3: And, and just to point out, you could be purple. You can be white. If you are raised in a single-family home with drugs surrounding you in poverty, you are going to probably end up either in jail or in the morgue. And so it has nothing to do with the fact that these kids are black or brown. It has to do with this kind of... You know lawlessness and this. Uh, you know kids are just allowed. Like Mayor Adams said before, what is a sixteen, fifteen, fourteen-year-old doing at two o'clock in the morning?
4: Right, is- right. And 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 his point about where are the protesters? I mean, just imagine that if if everybody felt that way, that this is not acceptable. Uh, you know that that we would then have a different culture. But, uh, look, I I think that, uh, to to Ed's point about banks, I agree. Um, And also, the charters, some of the charters are doing Uh, remarkable work, too. Well, Michael— And we're seeing what they require is longer days, no teacher's union, uh, and uh, more days in school. They're getting about sometimes as much as 25% more hours in the classroom than are the regular public schools. Oh,
0: Michael, you've just hit my favorite subject. What if the schools started at uh, 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning and they kept the kids until 6 o'clock? Our problem in this city is that we're still operating from the agrarian calendar of 1880. The problem is that the the kids get out of school at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Either both parents are working or most likely the single parent is working. So there are very few stay-at-home moms in New York City anymore. So these kids, they don't come home when they're 10 or 11 years old. They come home and maybe they eat too much ice cream and they don't do their homework. By the time they're 13, 14, 15, they're doing a whole lot of things that we're unaware of because we're not near them. And that would be the biggest shot in the arm we could give to kids is to lengthen the school day, as a lot of the charter schools have, keep them in a place where they're protected, and stop wasting time on these after-school programs when we could build that into the education system itself.
4: That sounds
2: like a platform, David. Do you ever think about well, going into politics? Well, uh, yes. yes I, <laughs> there's a rumor around that Kathy Hochul has asked him to be the new lieutenant governor. We want your thoughts on that, Michael. Can <laughs> okay, you confirm or deny? I'm glad you laughed, governor, Michael. Would, would, you, would, you, would you accept or uh, not accept? As an LBJ once
0: said, "I will not seek or accept the nomination of my party for lieutenant governor." <laughs> <laughs>
4: Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Well, thank you so much,
3: Michael Goodwin. Thank you so much for everything that you do. We look forward to speaking to you again soon.
4: My pleasure. Thank you all. Ohio,
5: ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime.